Hello, I'm April. Hello, I'm Danny. And I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Finally. Everything else is just numbers being read off a list. It's, uh, it's a very sad situation. Uh, April, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have something to plug? I just immediately thought of hair plugs. Um, That's you can, I... <laughs> you can talk about that if you want. No, I'm good. Do you have a um, brand you like? <laughs> I've got I've got so much hair. It's um, true. I don't, she does. I don't need any more. Um, my name's April. I'm uh, I'm Jim's wife uh, and the mother of his child, and uh, he's giving me a funny look right now. I'm not looking at you at all. That's the funny part. <laughs> okay. You're being weird. Um, and uh, I'm a park ranger, and I don't have anything to plug. Okay. Uh, Danny, same question. Yeah, I'm uh, Danny O'Dwyer, although I'm Daniel O'Dwyer, but nobody calls me that except when I'm in trouble with my mommy. Uh, I'm Irish in case the accent wasn't obvious enough. Uh, and I make documentaries about video games for a living, I guess, if you can believe it. Yeah. But that's not going to come up this week. I haven't got that on my topic sheet here. No, we don't talk about our jobs here on Topic Lords. Thankfully. That's all I do all week. <laughs> so, uh, Danny, my favorite uh, vacation ever was to Ireland. So thanks for coming from a really cool place. Thank you. Yeah, I heard you. I think you were. T- I think in a previous episode, you you mentioned the island off the island where they make the, the sweaters. Yeah, the, the Aran Islands. I looked it up. Our exact. Yeah, I literally shouted at my podcast machine, the Aran Islands. <laughs> I actually spent, that was like maybe the best day that I've ever like spent besides like maybe my wedding. Maybe. And uh, I went I went there, I went to Ireland with most of my family, but then my brother-in-law's sister also came and she and I, were, we just decided to go to that island by ourselves for the day and we just kind of biked around all day and there were some baby cows that licked my hand. Um, and that was really special because they were like the fuzziest cows I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) Was it the weather? I don't know, but they were like so cute. I want to scream about it right now. Like I'm holding myself back. Because we've got a kid sleeping in the other room. They were so cute. Like (laughs) if I could have put the entire cow in my mouth just to like keep it safe and warm and happy. (laughs) That's not what you do when you want to keep a cow safe. You would have had to de- had declare that. That's what I do when I see baby animals, though. Right. I just want to put them in my mouth. Like, if it's little baby ducklings, you know, you can Aww, just pop them in there. They're yeah. just in there. Like, beep, beep. Did you, when, you went, when you went through immigration and they said, have you been on a farm in the past 48 hours, did you lie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember that question. Um, but yeah, we went in, like, December, so there were, like, no tourists, basically, because um, it was, like, snowing and or raining and um it was it was really nice to yeah, like during the summer those cows are completely bald <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just meant it was nice to experience the island without like hundreds of people yeah uh just like filling the entire world i like it yeah you, you got authentic ireland nice and sort of it's never it's funny when i moved here and suddenly there was like animals that could hurt you like you can walk <laughs> forever in ireland and like (laughs) we have loads of animals but like they're all so benign and chill and also like it never gets that warm or that cold yeah so it's kind of like an impossible place to like which is funny hearing you guys talk about the fact that we don't have signs everywhere saying don't fall off the cliff because like 
Literally, that's probably the only way you can hurt yourself in Ireland. There are songs about falling off a cliff in <laughs> Irish schools, the way we talk about stoplights. Yeah. But it's always American tourists. That's what the songs are about. There wasn't a sign. A, exactly. How many did we lose this year? Twelve. Oh. So you don't have like, you don't have like the mind control wasps? No, we don't. No, sadly we don't. They, they never penetrated our island fortress. Which is, uh, they should have, you know, considering every other uh, tribe in Europe did at some point over the past 2,000 years, <laughs> probably, you know, good, at least we got, at least the bees never made it over. Uh, yeah, are you guys ready to just talk about some topics? Absolutely. Cannot wait. All right, Danny, your first topic here, uh, intentionally teaching your child the wrong word for something. Yeah, so we're both, uh, all three of us, are, uh, are, are n- new parents. My child is... Uh, 17 months old now oh yeah we're we're catching up 15 months we'll never catch up but proportionally we're catching up okay (laughs) yeah at a certain point if they live to be millions of years old it will be statistically insignificant (laughs) yeah so i guess that's kind of comes from uh, a couple of things one you know the irish things already come up but not to drag it back in already but um i do speak a second language badly but um you know we have different words for things and i have uh, an irish book it's called uh kid cad fuckle because the irish for word is fuckle which makes my wife laugh every time um <laughs> <laughs> and and my, my daughter loves it and she brings it up to me and makes me read the book. But all the words are in Irish. Obviously, that's the point of the book. But I don't like saying the words because she's only just learning English words. And I'm scared I'm going right. to like fuck her up if I start saying madra instead of dog. Some of them are the same. Like cat is cot in Irish. Um, It's spelled the same way, just pronounced differently. But there's this movie. I'm not sure if you've seen it. It's called Canandidas. I think it's called Dogtooth over here. It's this really weird, like, Spanish, I don't even know what you call it. It's kind of like Happy Games or something, or Funny Games, where it's like a sort of a, a, like a familial horror type of situation. And the premise of it, I guess, is that this guy, he's kept his kids locked away in his house. Um, But like, they roam around the garden and stuff, but he's taught them that they live in a sort of... um, like they're the only house in the world. It's kind of like a Plato's cave kind of situation. Uh, and mm-hmm. one of my favorite scenes in it is just randomly, I because he's like obviously this weird controlling man who's controlling his whole family. Um, but one of the things, you know, that he does, which is kind of weird, is that he decided to teach them the wrong words for like super banal things. So this is one scene where they're all eating dinner together and somebody says, pass the phone. And the kid picks up the butter and hands it to him. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't want to ruin my child forever, but I thought that was amazing. Like, just the idea of intentionally teaching your child something wrong, but, like, it being something super inconsequential. I I think the time to do that is when you have a little sister, (laughs) and (laughs) rather than when you're the parent... So, so she should... What do you you think morally it's more acceptable? Well, because the, the... when you're uh, also a child, it's your, your excuses that you haven't had a chance to grow up yet. So Jim is opposed to this idea. <laughs> There's a so I have a, a relevant story. Do you think I'm a monster? No, <laughs> for, no. For, for, for wanting to troll your for child, not at all. Thinking it's funny. No. Um, <laughs> did you hear about the kid who, or the, the parent who taught his child Klingon? Oh no, oh, like wow. as a first language? Yeah, like they never used English in that household. They only spoke Klingon. Oh dear. 
Jim here with the correction bucket. It's time to whip one of those out for a change. Alex Spears was raised in a bilingual household with his father speaking only Klingon and his mother speaking only English. And the father stopped speaking Klingon when his son stopped responding to it. So, way less abusive than I make it out to be. Also, in fact-checking this, I found a recording of Alec as a toddler singing the Klingon Imperial Anthem, which I'm going to insert here. When the, as soon as the kids started going to school and started learning English in the school, he just refused to speak Klingon, Klingon anymore. Oh, because this is this is obviously a bullshit language. <laughs> this is such a sad story on like every count. Klingon is about the maybe the least useful language you can teach your child like short of teaching your child but well actually as i was about to say emojis well, i guess you could teach them elvish yeah elvish <laughs> at least then they could read like tolkien <laughs> <laughs> that's true you can read star trek in the original klingon <laughs> well the thing about klingon is that um it's entirely invented and it, it was it never had the chance to go through the the shaping of being spoken by a population. Like mm, if you right. speak Klingon, you only speak something that the Star Trek writers thought of. So like if they needed a new word for something, at that point, are you allowed to invent the word without consulting Gene Roddenberry, <laughs> who's dead? Right. <laughs> I it's it's also I wonder if the like. I don't know how languages are built necessarily, but I, I wonder if Klingon, you know, it was probably just thrown together for a couple of episodes, right? In the original series, and it probably fleshed out more in TNG. But I doubt it follows like, you know, as a, like a pattern of learning that can be applied to other languages. So I wonder if like they really screwed their kid up by like not even teaching them a language they don't learn, they don't, is that is useless, but also like not teaching them the way to form languages in their brain properly. Oh, wow. Well, it, it, so it was still invented by a human. But like not, not like a, not like a language expert though, was it? Or maybe it uh, was, yeah, I, I don't know. know. Probably not. But I think that the kid will probably be fine. Kids are incredibly uh, good at bouncing back from really bad hardships. I mean, there's right. children that like don't have language at all that have been able to learn languages. Yeah. At older ages. Yeah. So I think that yeah. I mean, they probably they have certainly haven't done that kid any favors, but I think <laughs> I think it'll be okay. They're pretty neuroplastic. Right. Even until I actually have no idea when that neuroplasticity starts like, to Like I think the current thinking is, is that neuro neuroplasticity doesn't actually go away. Yeah. It just Gets a little bit less. Hmm. Where uh, I, I I like the idea though. For instance, you mentioned like what would happen if and you know a new word was added and they'd have to go back in Irish, for instance. Like it was a spoken language for centuries, but the, and well, thousands of years, surely. But the modern lexicon, once once like different words like modern words started coming in, and I think Welsh has this issue too. They kind of just ham fisted them together. Like the Irish for car is car. 
like <laughs> right. so i wonder if like a klingon a modern klingon is just like i think ipod was like poddy bug or something so it's just small pod so i wonder okay. if like klingons if you know klingon if the klingon for spotify is just like spotify or something <laughs> right there was a um a project on the early internet called the i can eat glass project and the the, the premise is that it takes the phrase I can eat glass, it does not hurt me, and it translates it into as many languages as possible. Um, and I remember the version in Klingon, Klingon doesn't have a word for glass. <laughs> so, they had to say, I can eat the plastic of the glass tumblers, because they had a word for glass tumblers. Because <laughs> presumably when they were on Federation ships, there were glass tumblers everywhere with T Earl Grey in them. I guess so, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, does that does explain why they looked that gnarly if they don't have glass? Then presumably they don't have mirrors. So they're <laughs> an entire species which never saw what it looked like until it went into space. Aww. No wonder they're so angry. They're all right. I'm sure they're beautiful to themselves. Yeah. We should ask one. Yeah. So speaking of like the wrong words for things. Uh, Winston has recently started talking and um, he loves to wave goodbye. And he, when he waves goodbye, he says, Dada. Oh, which no. we think <laughs> is like him trying to say bye bye. Right. That's what we're assuming. Right. Because he definitely knows like that Jim is Dada. Right. Yeah. But he also like will do his cute little like wave and be like, Dada, dada. I, at this point, he seems to say dada in the context of saying goodbye to something much more often. Yeah. Well, he doesn't <laughs> He doesn't call us by name very often. No. He calls, well, I used to say your, well, your name. And I, now, I'm, now I'm wondering if he was ever saying dada to refer to me. <laughs> Just asking you to leave. He definitely will pat you on the chest and say dada. That's true. Yeah. Maybe Aww. that's how he thought you said goodbye. <laughs> he said, go away, dad. <laughs> I've had enough of you. <laughs> Always changing my diaper. That's right. <laughs> my my daughter had problems uh, with the word with like I think kids do with like the c word like cat or whatever. Mm -hmm. So she'd call the cat the cats like uh, like dat, and then when she was learning dad, she just she couldn't differentiate between the two of them. So forever we couldn't figure out if she wanted me or the cats because um, she'd just say dat. Dat, and then I turn up and he'd be like, "No, dat. Oh, right, okay, sorry. <laughs> the other dat. Grab one of the cats. Yeah, she now calls both of the cats are called Hero and Mischief, but I get mis Mischief's too complicated, so she just calls both of them Hero. Um, <laughs> Aww, good. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cute. Winston still isn't saying cat. He says dog though. He loves dogs. And yeah, he, he will call a cat dog. So yeah, he will call most <laughs> animals in a book dog. Like if he if he sees a cow or a horse, dog, dog. Woof woof. They're all bipedal, right? That's... Yeah, I mean it's not that far off. Yeah, it's you know how how close. far does it stretch? Like if he saw a giraffe, would that would that where where does it end? Where he does... hasn't done that for giraffe or elephants. <laughs> it's it's all the like farm animals, you know. Like a... so, he's reasonable about it. He he's is. not. He doesn't see a whale and say <laughs> dog. <laughs> no, no. And he wouldn't call a bird a dog. No, no, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Are you guys ready for another topic? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to talk about uh, Harbinger households. So let me just say, so Jim brought this topic up when we were getting in the shower the other day, and I was like, what? <laughs> 
Because when I heard the word harbinger, I was instantly thought of the um of the Joss Whedon um movie. What is that movie? Totally, Cabin um, in the Woods. Yeah, Cabin in the Woods with the harbinger. Do you yeah. remember this? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's the creepy guy at the gas station. Oh, and I was like, <laughs> he has more than what is this topic? <laughs> I need to know more. Yeah, I thought the same. I thought I thought it was going to be like in my head. I saw like like a perfect nineteen sixties household, but the dad is a xenobite. <laughs> perfect. I'm glad I'm not alone. Uh, so, harbinger ho- households or harbinger neighborhoods are um, zip codes that when they make purchases, the purchases tend to be of products that fail. So like there are there are people that have been studied to, to discovered to when they buy products it's more likely that product will will fail and when they donate to politicians it's more likely that politician will lose. Wait. Oh my god. Is, so that, is that that's truthful both, for both things or are both, they separate those two things separate? I, I didn't read the study that closely but I got the impression that it it is the same household or person uh, predicting failures of both things. Wow. So, oh my, so what is the... So frustrating for them. Yeah. Yeah. What is the statistical takeaway from... This is fascinating. Like, are we, are these people just like terrible at choosing? Do they have bad luck? Are they like, are they bad humans? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, I, I I believe the study said they were like less educated single parents. Wow. So... I, I don't know. Like, they, they might just like things differently than the rest of us. Yeah. So, it's like, there's important things. Like, you know, politics, that's a that's a pretty, you know, ingrained in people's subconscious. And, like, some of it we have control over, some of it we don't. But then, like, cereal. Like, do they always pick, like, the, the terrible cereals? <laughs> right. So, what I was wondering is, like, what this means almost certainly is that companies are going to start putting these households in focus groups to know what product not to make. And then these people will just start getting super frustrated that nothing they like is being made anymore. It's, oh my God. Is, so is this like sad. observer theory where if you, if you interact with these people too much, then you eventually change their values. And then they, if you, if you keep, <laughs> if you keep prodding these harbinger households, do they eventually become <laughs> like regular households? They just say, oh, whatever, I'll just buy what everyone else likes. Oh, they'll have no choice. They won't be able to buy their, their anti-products anymore. Because <laughs> they won't exist anymore. Right. Uh, unless they all figure out what's happening and they form a union and they either refuse to go to focus groups or they start lying to confuse the companies. Or they set up their own society? Like, if, if there's enough of <laughs> them together, like, do they all like the same terrible things? But the society is going to fail. But it won't, right? Because it, it'll be like a, it'll be like the perfect society for all those products. It'll just be like going to the supermarket and it's just full of the, the worst things. <laughs> but, <laughs> but everyone in that neighborhood is delighted. They're all eating, like, you know, banana-flavored cornflakes and you know <laughs> strawberry toothpaste and you know and al gore is the mayor <laughs> i think uh, i would be okay with al gore being my mayor. yeah that yeah sounds, yeah that does sound nice that Na- sounds like nader <laughs> oh, we don't have a mayor so i guess one mayor any mayor is better than no mayor i don't know if that's true or not <laughs> what would be the worst time of year to be in a harbinger household 
Do they have Thanksgiving goose? Is the Christmas tree? Do they have like St. Patrick's Day hot dogs? Probably election day. Election day? (laughs) Aww. The most depressing time. They're just weeping. They must like those uh, hot dog buns that like instantly tear when you try to open them. Oh, the pre the pre cut ones. They probably like the the hot dog packages where they have the same number of buns as hot dogs. Oh, that sounds <laughs> idyllic. No, it failed though. So, is there? I'm I'm trying to think what's playing in there. Like, first of all, they have a Betamax player, and uh-huh. and they're all their music's on mini disc, and they're listening to who are they listening to? Like Aqua. Millie Vanilli. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you nailed it. This is amazing. I want I want a Harbinger neighbor. Can you like is there Is there a database? Yeah. Yeah. Or you know, just data you know those dating websites for farmers? Do they have one of those for these people? Harbingers mingle. <laughs> Juggle love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that a real thing? Uh, I think it's it, a for for juggalos, yeah, right? It's real. That's amazing. Wow. You, whoop, know, you, whoop, you whoop. gotta find your tribe. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> So I believe that the uh, they they studied that there were individual people like this, and that also entire zip codes were like this. Oh no! Uh, they probably aren't releasing the people's names, but I bet you could find out what zip codes they are and move there. So a harbinger zip code, right? Where all your all your neighbors are like this statistically, because there are a couple of places right in America where they're like test beds for new products, right? They're like the right size, the right sample size, and they've. They like use these specific places certain companies do to like test their products. Like it's a town of, you know, 5,000 people with three different grocery stores or something like that. And have you heard of these before? I have heard of this sort of thing before, but not in the detail you're describing it in. Yeah, I don't know where they are. It's probably just like some town in Ohio. And it, but I've heard that they like they've been using them for decades. And if you live there, you've tasted all like all the awesome flavors of Sprite that never made it out of the city but it's also like super disappointing because sometimes there's rad stuff and then it just disappears again so i wonder if like i wonder if these harbinger neighborhoods they do use them as like you know if you (laughs) if if you see it's like a fault what is it a false positive or a a, it's it's if your product really takes off in these harbinger neighborhoods you're screwed oh yeah i don't i don't know what you call that but yes that's the idea It's a a bad prophecy is what that is. That's right. Bad omen. (laughs) Bad omen, yeah. Might as well just pack it up and go home. On that note, let's talk about men's wallets. (laughs) Oh, that's my topic. So first, let's talk about women's wallets. Um, Hmm. That's not on the list. uh, Yes, but it's just hang with me here (laughs) for a second. all right. So um, recently I went shopping for a new wallet because my old wallet was, you know, kind of ratty and had a hole in it. And I had this big, I mean, it was just this big wallet. It's like like the size of four snicker bars side by side, about uh, four of the like king size snicker bars. So, you know, pretty decent size. And it has like a space for coins. This thing was just like a brick. <laughs> and, you know, it had like an individual spot for every card you could imagine. And there was a spot for a checkbook and Ooh. for cash. And it's and- just huge and this wallet this wallet is so big because women's pockets are big enough to accommodate don't even start on women's pockets okay well that's not (laughs) one of the topics i don't want to get i don't want to get into the weeds okay all All right. right so i needed a new wallet and i also needed a new purse because none of the purses that i had 
were quite right. They were, one was too big and the other, whatever. It doesn't matter. So I got up, I found the purse first and it's a little bit smaller than my old ones were. And I was like, wow, I need to get a smaller wallet. And I'm looking around and there are no small women's wallets at all. They are all bricks. Are the, are all these wallets, do they, would, would you f- fold it or w- would the notes be, does it fold in half? And It doesn't fold in half. Wow. No, the notes are just flat. Okay. Um, And so I was just looking for, you know, a wallet near where I found the purse that I wanted at Target. And there's no, there are no wallets that are like small enough that I feel like it would fit comfortably and I could put anything else at all into this purse. And then I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to go look at the men's wallets. Mm. And I went and I looked at the men's wallets and they were cheaper. They were like made out of fake leather or real leather if you wanted to be expensive. They weren't made of like cheap fabric that's going to tear. And I found this wallet that just folds in half. And then when you open it, it has a little flap on the inside so that it's like three different parts. If I want to, I can put it in my back pocket and not bring my purse. So it's really useful when I'm at work. And then otherwise it can just slide right into my purse. And it just stays there and it's small. It's like size of my palm and it's kind of a revelation and i'm just baffled that i'd ever had a women's per- wallet at all did you feel like the thrill of breaking the rules i just felt like free of this giant heavy brick yeah and like now it, it doesn't have a place for coins but my purse has this zipper pocket on the outside that i just mm. put the coins in so i can still have my coins and i don't have to like worry about having like because i don't want to have like a bunch of coins in my pocket but i also want to have some coins you know it's just kind of amazing to me that we put up with these really terrible wallets in the first place that weigh a bunch and are not particularly useful they're not portable in the sense of like i can't put them in my my pocket and i wonder why they even exist. <laughs> that was going to be my first question because I've <laughs> I've I've often wondered when I look at my wife's wallet, which is it looks like my wallet, but you can't fold it, and it's like she has <laughs> the same. She, I mean, there's more holes for the different, you know, your Safeway card and your BJ's card and your whatever. It seemed illogical or just i'd like it seemed like oh i would have nowhere i'd have to bring a bag everywhere to, to fit that in uh-huh. so I, I think that's why i think that the, the the assumption is that you're going to have a bag and so you can have a bigger wallet which is true but also you don't always want to have your bag with you right it's is there at least i don't so uh, do you think it's because of that because you mentioned the pockets issue right like that's the other sort of historical R- mm-hmm. ridiculous situation that uh, modern women find themselves in do you, it, are they connected because there was just this traditional idea that a woman would have if she went outside she'd have a you know if she dared to leave well, the I house guess women's wallets used to be called pocketbooks <laughs> okay i remember my mother calling her purse her pocketbook really huh. So, so i mean maybe, I, I, maybe that yeah, been, i might have that wrong that might have been my misunderstanding yeah, I'm not sure. Like now, I mean, I'm I'm a jeans kind of person for the most part. Mm. Um, and I always get jeans that have at least decent pockets, at least back pockets. So right. like if I do bring my wallet and not my purse, you know, I'll just put my wallet in my back pocket. But yeah, it might be it might be part of that. I think that the assumption though is that you were definitely gonna have a bag, and so why not have an enormous wallet that can hold all of the things that you would need in your bag? In your bag. 
you don't right. you don't strike me as somebody who would particularly care or be worried about having you know people spying your your male wallet but do you think no. that there are other women might ha- like that might be th- something that they'd like but they'd just be kind of scared about going over to the men's wallet aisle and what people would think of them I, I, I think that's I, a real concern for a lot of people. I yeah. think it is a concern for a lot of people. It's hard for me to like put myself in that mindset. Right. Um, in general, I've worked in like male dominated fields my whole life. So I've kind of been bucking that tradition for a long time. Hmm. So I'm not the best person, I think, to answer that question. <laughs> yeah. I, I think um, it's interesting to note that if um, a man starts going over to the women's wallet section and buys a purse and puts the women's wallet in the purse and goes around like that, I think that would be perceived very differently. Mm. I get the sense that in the same way that like women can dress up in masculine clothing, like for example, jeans, but it's a little bit less acceptable for um, men to dress up in feminine clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder where the, I guess it depends, that a lot of that depends on specifics, right? Because like, there are some ones like this where it's, it feels kind of arbitrary, like watches, I feel this way as well. Like men's and women's watches are so, they're like marketed in this very, I guess it's like a perception thing, right? Like maybe, because I, I don't buy a wallet for to make people think X or Y about me or the same with my watch. Like I have a rubbish Casio watch. But if you go to like an airport, right, and you start seeing commercials for watches, they're totally, they're just completely different. And like, it seems nuts because they're just <laughs> looking at the time. Yeah, right. but well, it's, it's fashion it, too. It's I think fashion a wa- watch it's a, is, a, is, right. a, is a fashion statement. Are like, wallets a fashion statement? So than- I mean, I think so. Yeah, I think they are to a certain extent, but I think much less so than a watch because a wallet stays in a pocket or a purse, whereas a watch is displayed like on a wrist right. all the time. Right. It's it's a it's fashion and it's also a signifier of wealth. Certainly, mm. yeah. My understanding is that in certain management like business circles, there's kind of a chicken and egg thing here. But like, you're expected to take your enormous salary and put a lot of it into very fashionable, very expensive clothing and watches Mm. or people don't take you seriously. I wonder what the future of this problem is then because like wallets, I feel like, especially with the advancement of smartphones have become sort of less and less use. Like you can operate on a day-to-day without even having cash on you necessarily. I'm in a weird spot where I, I, you mentioned the coin purse thing. I always Mm -hmm. have growing up in Europe where you don't tend to have as many notes on you because like the coins went up to two euro, right? So like you only, notes are only entered the equation once you hit five euro. So you you wouldn't have these big chunk, you know, if you had 50 quid in your pocket, it wouldn't look anything like over here. So I have a big coin section in my thing, which is always way too full because you guys have, uh, I can't get rid of pennies here. But like, I've often thought about just not having a wallet. And it seems like so easy these days where like everything, there's an app equivalent for like every little piece of information you have. Except for your ID. Yeah. Soon enough, right? You need ID and you need, oh yeah, we definitely want Apple to be handling national ID. No, No, they'll just scan your face, you know. Oh my God. The government database will have it. Yeah, you can get away with like an ID and a credit card. And they're both about the same size. And you can put those in your phone case. Yeah. Wow. They Those exist. You can have the credit card on your phone as well. Like that Apple Pay thing, right? I mean, it's not everywhere, yeah. but you know, just... You could just take a photo of your ID and show that to the cop. When he had, like... <laughs> they gave out IDs in Ireland for because of the drinking problem. They gave out these school IDs so that we couldn't 
buy alcohol, but the IDs didn't have photographs on them, so they were <laughs> ultimately useless. And everyone who was older just sold their old IDs to younger children. But sorry, that's oh, that's that's a different that's topic really funny. for a different day. Do you like your new wallet, April? I love it. I love it every time I open it. I'm like, oh look, there's my card. It's right there, and like I can fold my 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 bills. They fold, which is nice. But um, then there's creases in them. Like, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. How often do I actually have cash on me? Are you apologetic imagine, like, to the teller every time it, you hand over these creased bills? I'm so sorry. I'm so <laughs> sorry. It's it has it has a bend in the middle. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one hypothesis for like why you might want this long. The while well, the size and shape of a dollar bill is yeah, to keep, you keep get, your bills pristine. You get money from other sources that are not. Well, you pristine. could just hand it to the teller and say it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> and they go home and tell their family about the crazy person that they sold a cup of coffee. Right, to. right. <laughs> this is why I never leave the house without my my notes press. <laughs> she promised not to fold the coffee. <laughs> uh, you ready for another topic? Sure. So this is a write-in. Uh, Quill asks, I've been planning to change my name recently. The first name that I came up with is Quill, but I can't think of a good name to, last name to go with it. Could you give me some suggestions or some advice on how to come up with cool? And I don't want to scroll the window, so I can't read the rest of it, but I think we got the gist of the... <laughs> oh, April's saving the day. Cool names. <laughs> that wow. was it. Game changer. Uh, hi, Quill. So we recently changed our last name to Storm Dancer. Yeah. Um, and I get to say that on a, on a public radio all the time whenever I talk on the radio at work. So that's fun. Amazing. Nice. Um, yeah, I had to like warn our dispatchers that it wasn't a joke <laughs> just because I was just like, oh, I don't want them to think that someone's pranking them. And they were like, yeah, whatever. They don't care. But someone's so, appropriating Native American culture over the radio. Yeah, that was something we didn't think about until after. Yeah, we, it is a bummer. We oh, chose yeah. that name because mm. we we thought it was obvious that it was a a, a play on on Skywalker, right? But, but probably, but, but Skywalker is probably appropriating. appropriating yeah. <sighs> yeah, but it happened like forty years ago, so, so you can you can't. You can't blame us right. for that. I mean, you can. We can blame us for we, not we can, thinking we can blame about us. it, but we we're not changing our name us. again because it's a freaking pain in the ass. Yeah, it would be like four hundred more dollars. <laughs> Way more than that. It was like seven hundred dollars. Was it okay? Yeah. yeah. Are there are there rules around this? Oh, uh, not about like what you can choose. I don't think. Well, the judge has to sign off on it. Yeah. you ha So what you have to do is you have to fill out a bunch of paperwork and then go down to the courthouse and pay for some stuff. And then they tell you, all right, uh, you need to contact this, uh, like choose a newspaper. Oh, yeah. And contact them. And they have to, you have to pay for an ad saying like, hey, we're changing our names uh, just in case there's debt collectors out there or police state, you know. That's like, so ridiculous. <laughs> trying well i mean it makes a certain amount of sense right like if you're in a bunch of debt and you're like i'm just gonna change my name ha 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 it actually makes more sense to me now that i know that probably the debt collectors specifically subscribe to these absolutely newspapers. they they totally do it makes sense yeah. yeah like it's only a couple of newspapers like in each in each like geographic area like debt so. collector weekly and um, <laughs> yeah. like bailiff monthly it was like it was weird the really tiny newspapers that i had never even heard of we chose the cheapest one which i'm sure everyone does you get your ad in the newspaper I'm the luxury newspaper <laughs> <laughs> you get a full color 
picture. <laughs> Only the most luxurious debt collectors get my name. Yeah. <laughs> and then you like go to court and there's like a room full of other people who are getting their name changes. And this part wow. was actually really cool because there were like young trans kids. Oh, cool. There were um like it was just this very eclectic group of people who were getting their names changed. And I have to imagine like this is this is a vacation day for that judge because <laughs> Like he he's not like ruling on on horrible crimes or yeah it's he, just like he I made get like to, a little joke when yeah he yeah sit ours and he was like are you gonna go like dancing in the rain you, and you could go dance up a storm you could dance up a said. storm yeah. yeah it was yeah. it was very cute the person sitting next to me when they got there like a name change to prove they like started like crying it was Aww. it was so sweet it was a little like kind of a spacey sounding name it, yeah just uh, like a day full of like. Mostly making people happy. Right. Yeah. yeah. What a yeah. good day. But that's not what the topic is. Quill. <laughs> cool first name. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm on board. When Jim read me this earlier, my first thought was ass. But that's probably a bad last name. Quill, Quill. ass. It has a ring to it. <laughs> Don't choose that, okay, bud? If you um, do, you owe us royalties. Yeah. Um, so what we did, this is like literally what we did. We just spitballed last names for years. Uh-huh. Cloud Kicker was really up there for a Ooh, while. That's good. Jim's Jim's name was Jim Cloud Kicker in my phone for quite a while. <laughs> well, I guess uh, here's here's what I would ask then, as somebody who's not done this, the what what you guys decided to do was just change your surname. But Quail is uh-huh. asking about changing both. Right? Yeah, there's opportunity for some serious synergy there. There really is. Yeah. I mean, we know several people who've changed their, like, chosen new last names. And that's basically the reason why we did it. It's just because neither of us wanted to take the other person's dad's name. Right. Um, <laughs> and, we, you know, we wanted to kind of start fresh for our family. But you get to start fresh for your whole identity, yeah. which is pretty cool. Quill Scrivener. So what I'm wondering is Quill with Quill... Is this in reference to like a writing quill or like a? I, the only quill I can think of is I think this is what I worry about is because naming a kid this comes up too right where you're uh-huh. kind of scouring pop culture is quill the surname of the uh, protagonist in Guardians of the Galaxy is that Peter Quill? Oh yes, it is. I'm pretty sure. Well, this person Quill is is doing deciding it's their first name, so presumably that's not the reference. I mean, someone's going to think that's the reference. Yeah. Told, yeah. Well, that'll always happen, right? Yeah. Like, I, I think well, the writing implement is the most uh, most likely reference people will think of. Uh, so we have a bobbin, spool, or spindle on which filling y- yarn is wound. Yarn. Or a hollow shaft, often surrounding another shaft and used in various mechanical devices. A roll of dried bark. Hmm. Quill bark shaft. Uh, porcupine quills. Mm. Or a float on a float for a fishing line. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, I know that one. The first place my brain went on this is Quill could be like their nickname, but their real name is Quilliam. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, like that I think a lot. so. So Quill is a very gender neutral yes. name, and that, oh, I'm not sure if that's um, good point. if that's a, a selling point or not. Uh, but Quilliam is very much not gender neutral. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, how about Quilliams as a surname? Quill Quilliams. That definitely. <laughs> that's gonna. That's. I'm vibing on it. It's gonna turn some heads. Yeah. We are not helping this person at all. That's true. Um. So, 
You know, we really liked the kind of irreverence of uh, of Stormdancer. The, the the kind of at least I really like the evocativeness of it. Yes. You know, like it 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 gives a an image in the head when you hear it. It's- Probably not for Jim because he doesn't actually have that happen to him. <laughs> yeah, this is something we talked about a few episodes ago. Is um, a Fantasia? We we didn't know how to pronounce it, and I still don't. The, uh, which is the phenomenon of not being able to see things in your head. I thought I was like in, like in the middle of the range of human ability, but um, I took the quiz and came up a uh, big fat zero. Oh my goodness! Not literally zero. There's a quiz. There's a there is, and it asks you things like try to imagine this. How vivid is it? Which is extremely subjective. Sure. But like, right. It, it isn't literally zero because I think the minimum is like sixteen, but it was right at the bottom. Hmm. God, yeah. now I'm terrified. Do I not do other people imagine things more vividly? That's a, that's an interesting. Of course like, they do. There's always someone who's going to do something better than that's you. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's I, I. What I also like about both Quill and Storm Dancer is that they're both there's there's a sort of a universality with them. Like my my surname and my first name, I guess to a certain extent, is Old Testament. My surname O'Dwyer. It's like very you know Irishy sounding first of all, and then it also like it has roots in S- Spain and all these things. Uh, like it's a very it says that i'm from somewhere whereas your name mm-hmm. uh, and also quill there it's kind of they're timeless names which i i think are is quite beautiful as well so i'm not sure if that could be also mirrored in a surname but that, I, I really like that about your name you, you could kind of be from anywhere you know yeah Except that the word is That's... English, but like, you know, the, the, right, the, the, right, right, sure. yeah. the essence <laughs> and, and an obvious Star Wars reference. And... <laughs> right. You know, less people than 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 I would think pick up on the, the yeah. reference. Someone asked me the other day, my, one of my old coworkers, I ran into him at a Park District holiday party and he was like, what's the new last name again? Is it Stormtrooper? And I was just like, <laughs> yes. Good job. <laughs> Uh, I think that you just need to like kick around a bunch of ideas, Quill, like just throw them out there, talk about them with your friends, talk about them with your family, try not to choose something that everyone in your family and all your friends hate, Mm. unless you really want to ostracize everyone in your family and all your friends. And if you do, I get it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Just, just be sure (laughs) if that's what you decide on, maybe don't choose a Klingon last name. Gakcha. That would be appropriation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, You guys ready for the next topic? Sure. Danny, you have uh, Shen Yun commercials are literally everywhere. I don't know that noun, so take it away. Uh, Shen Yun is a, uh, I think it is Chinese. It is a sort of, from what I gather, a sort of a celebration of dance and maybe music kind of it looks like some oh. sort of so it, there we go I, <laughs> so if you live in the bay area you have seen massive billboards for shenyun every christmas because they come here i think in december they do like a, a run in san francisco for like a month or something the tour is all over the place so every december there are billboards for shenyun everywhere and I've recently started listening to the radio. Yeah, high five for radio listeners. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, it's great. It's where I listen to all my ads. Um, so I started hearing <laughs> Shen Yun commercials on there. And then my one refuge, Twitter, 
uh, they've started <laughs> to target ads, I guess, on Twitter a lot more aggressively. Or I think maybe actually what happened was that I was blocked from a lot of this because I had one of those tick marks and they've suddenly decided to throw the tick mark people in with Gen Pop. So now I'm getting all the same ads that everyone else has been getting on that hell website for the past Did year. Did you get better ads before? Did you get less Less, ads? like hardly any ads. Honest to God. Like un- Yeah, for like a month ago. That's so unfair. It's crazy. Yeah, I felt like... I'm a real person too. <laughs> <laughs> Not as real as the blue check marks though. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a real like confronting your privilege situation when I realized that everyone else had been dealing with this shit for years. Um, right, so yeah. I aggressively block every ad on Twitter. Me too. Every single ad that I see, I block them. So I should probably block Shen Yun on Twitter, but then it doesn't... You should. But there was one day where I saw an ad for Shen Yun on Twitter, maybe twice, got in my car, there was a radio commercial, and then I passed a billboard. And I thought, I thought, should I go... Like, it's been built up so much in my head. I don't know anyone who's been to Shen Yun, and... I kind of think that if I went to it, it would lose all of the romanticism and mystery. Like, it's it's almost more powerful as this sort of commercial specter that haunts my Decembers every year. Yeah, just the mystery of it. Ideally, you would wait till, like, the year before you died <laughs> and go see it then, just so you can maximize the... How is this ideally? <laughs> <laughs> that way you can maximize your disappointment. Because it's been built up over the, over 40 years. Oh, oh, I see. I see. It could be the last thing I see before they turn off the dialysis machine. <laughs> they they bring, it, bring the team into the theater. Yeah. So is this targeted? So I've, I've seen like, I think I've seen this on YouTube bef- and then I hit the skip ad button. Yes. So I never actually get the sense of what it actually is. Is this, are the ads in English? Are they targeted at like English speaking Americans. Yeah, they're I feel like they're targeted at like it, it it knows that I'm in the Bay Area specifically. That's what it feels like. That like I don't get these until Shen Yun's in town. And right. and the whole thing kind of feels like outside of the Shen Yunness of it all, it, it just kind of feels a bit like, you know, this is the future of targeted ads where like AR billboards and radio stations, it's not just the internet, but like everything in the world is going to be, it's going to like, I don't know, advertise you into submission, like just right. through pure mass of message. Eventually you'll buckle and buy tickets to this beautiful celebration of Asian culture. Yeah. The, the other thing it could be is that there are a ton of Chinese immigrants in California and ah. in the Bay Area specifically. So, like, it might actually be for them. We we were just in Target and we saw an abacus on the shelf. And, like, it could just be an abacus. But I was hypothesizing that, like, oh, it's just – it's because there are a lot of Chinese immigrants here. They want to teach their kids to use an abacus. Did you guys not learn abacuses growing up? No. Oh, really? That's how I learned how Did to you? count. Yeah, that's how I learned how to count. I definitely touched them in school, but, like, I couldn't add on it. Like, maybe I could figure out how to add. That's probably not hard. But, like – I couldn't do other other operations. Right, yeah. I, I think I've seen them on TV and that's about it. I'd um, be more interested in learning how to use a slide rule. We have one of those. Yeah. What's a slide rule? It's so it's it's like um It looks like a ruler. A ruler with, with a, another ruler inside of it oh. that slides. I believe you use it to convert uh, multiplications into additions. So you like you look up um the number in like in a log table. I shouldn't be I shouldn't be saying in such detail because I actually don't know. But my understanding is that <laughs> <laughs> the 
but my understanding is that like engineers will use this to do complicated uh, operations more quickly. But if they only need an estimate because oh, like a they're not going to get as precise a result. Yeah, I don't know how they work. I just have my grandfather's old one. Um, he used to work for PG&E. Ah. He was like a... He, he worked on the gas side of things. I think he was... He was in G. Yeah. He was. He hated those P&Es. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what he would think of PG&E now. Right, my lord. Yeah, I, <laughs> I hadn't considered that idea, actually, that perhaps this is... This is targeted not for me. So the only time I've ever seen those ads is um, is at the movie theater because they've like, you know how like on Sundays movie theaters will do like special. The baby uh, shows? Yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. Really? Yeah, we, we, I did them in Maryland when we moved back here maybe four months ago. I I haven't done them since I came here, but I used to love them over there because just people, babies hanging out and, you know, bringing a baby into a public area is sometimes quite stressful because they just lose their heads <laughs> so uh-huh. it's it's, uh, it's fun and what i liked about it is at least i think maybe once they're over one or maybe two um then the i guess the 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 you know ratings kick in but until then you can watch anything you want so we watched a bunch of violent movies with uh with a bunch of babies that's <laughs> good fun <laughs> That sounds fun. I wonder if I could bring my baby to Shenyun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm told that my mom watched Alien in the theater with me <laughs> strapped to her chest. Aww. Strapped to your chest. That John Hurt scene must have been very evocative. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, is that that's this? Is that the scene where the the chest burster yeah. comes out of his chest? <laughs> So I was reading that like they didn't tell the they didn't tell the crew like the the rest of the people um that were in that scene what was going to happen. Right. Right. Um to get like a more authentic reaction from them which just seems both mean and also really smart. Yeah, very effective. <laughs> yeah, like really effective, but also really mean. Well, I, I feel like a lot of filmmakers, like they, I think they really get into torturing their cast members. Yeah, I've heard there's a bunch of weird stories uh, around that whole thing, especially with Sigourney Weaver being a, le- a female lead with a bunch of actors. It was like her first major role, I think. And, you know, there was actors like John Hurt, who I think he'd done Elephant Man by that stage. Uh, Ridley Scott kind of leaned on that whole thing to maybe force her to be more assertive or something, but it was also, like, very manipulative and weird. Like, I feel like that oh, style of... Uh, there's only a couple of directors who kind of act that way maybe these days, like a Lars von Trier or something, but or maybe a Werder Herzog. I can imagine him being quite, you know, him and Klaus Kinski almost killed each other, so I'm sure, like... Literally? Maybe oh, yeah, it's 100%. Yeah, he said he'd kill Klaus... I think it was during Fitzcarraldo, he said if, if Kinski left, um, he was going to uh, ha- have him killed that night, or he was going to kill him himself that night. The the, the making of Fitzcarraldo is, is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. It's haunting. But like, yeah, that type of weird, like manipulative, creative collaboration, I guess, is kind of, there's like a romanticism with it, but in many ways, it's probably a good thing to leave it in the past, considering the weird yeah, pa- power sure. dynamics, you know? Huh. You guys ready for another topic? Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, let's talk about uh, how woodpeckers can withstand impacts of 100 Gs. Oh my gosh. Uh, a thousand Gs. Oh. It's a thousand. Ooh. A yeah. Thousand. So woodpeckers are really fascinating creatures. Um, They... Like basically every time they hammer their faces into wood, it's a thousand G's worth of of uh, force. Whoa! 
And a human would, you know, die at like 100 Gs or something or like, like that. Yeah, F1 drivers, I think, take six. I think maybe 10 is when you pass out or something. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. So woodpeckers are crazy. So they they have all these adaptations in order to not kill themselves. I like reading about woodpeckers because they're really interesting. But one of the things is that their beaks are self-sharpening. Um, wow. The way that their bones um, are designed, they, they're they designed to lessen the impact and bring the impact to their lower jaw rather than their upper jaw, which brings the impact away from their brain. Their brain also fills the entire cavity of their head. Um, wow. So there's no like sloshing around like our brains do right. um, if we hit our head against something really hard. And they also have... Um, this really fancy tongue. Um, and, and this is probably my favorite thing about woodpeckers is their tongues are incredibly long. If you, you should find there's, there's videos of them like eating ants and you can just see like how long their tongue is because most of the time when they're sticking their tongue in something, it's like into wood and it's right. hard to see. But if they're getting like an anthill or whatever, you can really see it. Their tongue is so long that when it goes back into their head, it goes underneath their brain wraps around the back of their head between the skull and the um and the skin uh. and ends at the top of their beak. Oh my god, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. It's really it's it's really neat. Is this something you can tell by watching the meat ants? That they're, they're, you can see how long their tongue is. Okay. And you can't tell where it goes. Right. You have to cut them open to see that. All right. So I don't suggest that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. You can just look at a picture on the internet. Jesus. Well, hey, you're the one who talked about cutting them open. <laughs> I just, I love the, uh, the, I'd love to know how the, uh, you know, the evolutionary tract of this went like at the start where they just taken 10 G's and their tongues were a little bit smaller and then they just like. It kept up, yeah. upping the ante until it was like, yeah, it's we're going to wrap. super interesting. Wow. Are there woodpeckers around here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We um, So what they look like is they're mostly black, but they also have um, like white on their belly and on their wings and they have red heads. Ooh. Yeah, they're really pretty. Um, you probably aren't going to see them in like downtown Emeryville. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you go into any of the like East Bay Regional Parks, there's a good chance that you'll see one. I used to hear them when we lived in Maryland pretty frequently, but I hardly ever saw one. For whatever reason, mm-hmm. I guess maybe the sound is bouncing around the wood or something, or I wasn't good at yeah. spotting it. But it's a very loud sound. Yeah, they're super small though. Yeah, I mean they they come in they yeah. Do, do you know what the mechanism is for the self sharpening beaks? Yeah. Uh, not exactly. I would need to to read more about that. But Perhaps I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. Do you know how they the where's the force coming from? Is it their neck muscle that's doing it all? So yes, it's their neck muscles. They have super muscular necks. They're like beefcake necks wow. apparently. Um, and so yeah, all the force is coming from their necks. Yeah, they're just you know pecking holes and looking for bugs and shoving acorns in there. And a lot of times what they do is they'll like make a hole and they'll put a little acorn in there and then they'll come back later. And they're not actually going after the like acorn meat. They're going after the bugs that have found their way into the acorn. Wow. That's smart. Squirrels do that too. God, these devious animals. (laughs) (laughs) I had a, a, like, you know, what do you call those lights? Like, you know, like outdoor lights, just like exposed bulbs hanging off of a wire, like sort of, 
you know, cantina style, I guess, or whatever. Oh, yeah. They're, like, decorative. They're nice. Thank you. Yeah, I what a, like said it, I was got from Home Depot in, in, uh, in Maryland. And the squirrels started eating the individual lights off of it, like, one by one by one. And then in the end, they just ate through the entire thing and it fell down. But it was like, it, wow. it was like they slowly decided to do it to humiliate me. <laughs> Wait, these, they, were they were eating the light bulbs isn't it yeah it was well they were eating like the i mean they were eating through metal at some point but they were eating through the like you know the the bulbs would hang down off of the main wire through it or cable with a slightly smaller cable like maybe an inch before the bulb started and they ate yeah uh-huh. almost like they were hanging acorns like at that stage it kind of felt like oh maybe they're just eating them to make them fall and get them while they were also eating all the bird food I was putting out. Uh, but, then, but then, yeah, they ate through the actual cable, which was like a quarter inch thick, maybe? But they all survived, yeah, thankfully. It, a, a squirrel eating through a cable seems much less unlikely to me than a squirrel eating a glass light bulb. <laughs> That's what I thought you meant when you said they ate all the lights. So, so like, wow, just chomping away. One of these weird squirrels was going for a world record. Blood <laughs> everywhere. Right. Do woodpeckers have any, like... um? You know, there's some birds that like don't really have natural predators because they're there's other birds that are way easier to catch or whatever. Like, do woodpeckers have any predators or are they all right? There are a lot of hawks that are very just like uh, like in birds in general are opportunistic. You uh, know, okay. The, they uh, I've definitely while working seen. Um, I saw a peregrine falcon literally swoop down. I, I was like working on a trail. It swooped down and it snagged this songbird that was flying through the air. Oh, no. <laughs> it, like, captured it, and then it landed in a creek and drowned the bird oh in the gosh. creek while staring me in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you saw nothing. <laughs> and I was just just stood it, it there. Flex. And I did. I don't think I blinked for, like, three minutes. I think I just stared at this crazy murder that happened right in front of me. Um, and I think it just did it because it could. You know, right. like it was like, well, there's there's a bird. I'm going to go kill it. That's dark. Uh, it was it was really dark. And then it, it just sat there on top of this drowned bird until I walked away and then it flew away with it. But if he had if he had accidentally caught a woodpecker, that woodpecker would have drilled into his head or its head with a, a thousand G forces with its huge muscular neck and its weird tongue. <laughs> You just have to always catch the woodpecker beak down. You know that meme of the of the weasel that's fly, that's that's riding a bird. I think it's on a woodpecker. Oh, is this like the huh. taxidermied one or? No, this is like a real. Okay, this was like a real thing that happened that someone got a photo of. Oh my god! <laughs> weasel riding bird. It's a woodpecker. That is an unhappy woodpecker. <laughs> we'll put this in the show notes too. Yes, please. Uh, but yeah, woodpeckers are super fascinating uh, specimens of evolution, uh, and y'all should read more about them because it's it's super neat. That's awesome. All right, so uh, I wanted to talk about um, being a growing up an unimaginative kid. I uh, I remember playing pretend with friends in grade school, playing a game where uh, we would like just put all sorts of unappetizing stuff in a bottle and call it a potion <laughs> just like the game being like just just fill this bottle with random crap like here's like ketchup from the fridge pebbles bleach <laughs> uh shampoo and i remember um 
the kid I was playing with, like, decided that now a ghost is coming out of this bottle because we put head and shoulders in the bottle. <laughs> and, like, so good. looking back on it, this kid is, like, an improv genius. <laughs> but I feel like for most of my childhood, I was just kind of, like, following along with whatever, like, other kids were doing. If... I had to play by myself. I would just try to remember what we did when I was with another kid and they were leading the way. <laughs> it's both sad and really cute. <laughs> and, and like if I were if I had to come up with like an idea for a story or like a work of fiction for school, most of the time it was just a barely reworked uh thing I'd read somewhere else. <laughs> This vibes with your surname. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it, it's uh, it's accurate. Yes. Yeah, yes. It's fair. But you're but you're you're such a creative person in in your in your field. It seems completely. Yeah. I so I think it's because I am very good at reactive comedy. Okay. Like reactive, like creativity. So like oh. I had to when I made Frog Fractions, I had to have the seed. That my friend had come up with it, like Rachel, the artist, had drawn this scenario where there was a frog eating bugs to protect fruit as a missile command clone, and I was able to riff on that idea, and like I had to place myself in a certain context that I, the context that I was that I was creative in, and that continues to be true. Like if I am if I want to invent something, I need to have a seed to work with and like one of the hardest things for me is coming up with that seed this seems like a like a, a an odd sort of meta-analysis of the very podcast we're talking on right now where like <laughs> you're like harvesting <laughs> ideas from people and then vibing off them i think that's very astute i think this is um this is exactly what i'm doing yeah yeah, it totally is. You also, as a result, perhaps of, of not having that initial, the muscle for the for creating the seed, it's it's developed over your life into being way better at the next step in the process than most people. Most people, he probably, you know, that kid probably stopped at the ghost, right? That was it. That was like, yeah. there was no, <laughs> there was no third or fourth act to that uh, imagination. I don't remember what actually happened, but I'm I'm reasonably certain I was just like kind of sitting there in awe. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas you seem to be uh, adept at taking the next step. Yeah, yeah. I think. Oh yeah, I like think... the next step would be that they, the ghost would have feet. <laughs> <laughs> Ghosts don't have feet. They stand in a little like squiggly, uh, a squiggly little. See, pit. my wife is way better at this. <laughs> you guys complete People... each other. It's perfect. It's true. <laughs> it's true. People in general, like a lot of people have ideas, but then most people don't do anything with their ideas. Yeah. Right. And I, I think that might- I think might, you're the opposite. That might be my skill is following through on bad ideas. <laughs> <laughs> it's sometimes your ideas are great. <laughs> <laughs> so they say. Uh -huh. Sometimes they're bad. <laughs> Those are the ones that are more fun. You guys ready to call it? I would love to come on again and talk about more topics in the future, if you'd have me. Awesome. Yeah, that, that would be great. Well, it was nice to finally talk to you, Danny, you know, in the years rather than on the 
internet. Yeah, it's we don't have words for these, do we? It's like when somebody introduces someone else over email and somebody awkwardly says it's great to e meet you and everyone feels Oof. weird about it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I like it though. It's great to talk. It's really pleasant it to talk. It is great. It to is talk. nice, yeah. Yeah. We should do like a barbecue. Oh yeah. We could do that. A baby yeah. barbecue. Also, Wait, no, that Well, I mean, that doesn't no, sound no, no. right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's reel that back. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be a barbecue. It could just be like a, a park hangout or something. Yeah, you sure. Know? Yeah. Something simple like that. Yeah. That would be nice. You get you guys over. Be right. Something as well that isn't dependent on there being nice weather, like a barbecue. Yeah, that's what I was uh, thinking. Yeah. Like Smart, barbecue. Yeah. Mm. So we're going to hang out in May. Let's, let's, go yeah. to, let's go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Shout over the wind. Exactly. Yeah, thanks so much for being on. Yeah, anytime. Uh, Thank you for having me how on. How do we... How do we end this? Aren't we supposed to plug something? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. <laughs> Oops. Uh, all right, April, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Um, <laughs> you can you can find me on Twitter, um, April Soar, like, right. like Dinosaur. All right. Uh, and Danny, if this is something you want, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> a chip has already sailed, I think. Uh, at Danny O'Dwyer on Twitter, or if you want to watch documentaries about video games. Yeah, you, I've seen some of them. Look up Noclip. Yeah, you're in You're in several of them, in fact. <laughs> I saw those ones too. No, I've, I've seen more than the ones I was in, and some of the others were good too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but not as good as your ones, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> Jim is never modest. <laughs> uh, I, I just bring out the best video editing in people. Mm -hmm. You're an incredibly easy mm -hmm. person to edit. You're, you're, you're dense with entertaining sentences. Oh, that's awesome. Anytime. Make another game so we can do it again, please. <laughs> I'll work on we'll it. We'll see. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can discuss the episodes at the Topic Lords subreddit at r slash Topic Lords. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com. You can find me on the Fediverse as mogwai underscore poet at mastodon.social. Also, I'm on Twitter. And you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early and get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode.